0: This episode is sponsored by Hulu. The reality queen herself, Lisa Vanderpump, has a new home on Hulu and has teamed up with them to bring you the newest, most exciting reality series yet, Vanderpump Villa. In an escape to the French countryside, Lisa and her staff work, live, and play together 24-7 while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. The series offers first-class luxury with world-class drama. Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal, Ryan, and this is a uh, this is a bonus Thursday episode, folks. Yeah, you get five this week uh, because we just have so many amazing guests, and I got to talk to our guest today, uh, the legendary Judy Gold, who I've known for so long in just terms of her stand-up comedy, but she is so much more than that, an author, an actor, a mother, all of these things, and she's one of the stars of a new movie that I'm going to talk about here in a second called... Tripped Up, which is out in theaters now, but then it is moving. Uh, it's in theaters, but you can also see it on demand starting on October 27th. So that means you can see it on Amazon, Apple TV, Vudu, and uh, I. Uh, I watched this. Now we did this interview, not this Monday, but the past Monday. Uh, the la- the Monday before that. Yeah, that's how Mondays work. <laughs> and I got to watch it. And it's so interesting. I was thinking about the movie Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie I was just talking about on Wednesday's episode. And I thought Tripped Up is kind of, there is an element of crossroads to this because it's four girls go on this kind of road trip. It involves uh, It involves chefs. Judy Gold plays a very intense chef but it's a really, really cute, fun movie that I think you guys would dig. I was like, I need to get my um, I need to get my niece, my 13-year-old niece, she would love this movie. I, I was like, the, we need more movies with girls taking road trips, or just more movies with girls in general. And it's got a great cast. You got Leah Lewis, Ashley Moore, you got Ariel Winter from Modern Family, and then get this: you got Vanessa Williams, Judy Gold. You got Justin Guarini. Remember Justin Guarini from American Idol? He's in it. But it was just a really cute, fun-loving movie. I thought it was just great. So check it out. If you see Tripped Up, uh, go get it on demand. If it's in a movie theater, go see it. But it is kind of, I think... Uh, A perfect movie for the times that we're in right now, and just that you can completely disassociate from uh, some of the really bad things that are happening right now. Um, But uh, today is, you know, we're celebrating this movie tripped up. How are you guys doing? Are you good? Um, Listen, tonight we got Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiering, right? So you have that. We have House of Villains on tomorrow, on Thursday, I guess when you're listening to this. We also have The Golden Bachelor on tonight, uh, but I'm just so curious what you guys think about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The taglines came out today, and I gotta tell you, not a huge fan of the taglines. I think Sutton's tagline was something of like, I don't need a man, I've got a horse. Like what kind of, what kind of Housewives tagline is, I don't need a man, I've, I've got a horse. I bought a horse. I bought myself a zoo. I say, I say, isn't that crazy? I don't know. There is so much to watch, so much to keep up with. Uh, I'm excited for the uh, the new episode of House of Villains too on E! because we find out if Corinne from The Bachelor or Jax Taylor from, of course, Vanderpump Rules goes home. What a wild world that we live in, right, folks? Um, listen, but Judy Gold, Uh, I talk about everything that she's done, but you guys know Judy Gold. She is a stand-up. She's an author. Uh, We talk about her podcast, but we talk a lot about this movie. And I want to point out, we do talk about this movie, and you're like, Ryan, there's a SAG strike, and I mentioned this in the interview. This has a SAG after an interim agreement, which means that we are allowed to speak about this. We're allowed to promote this movie, and that's a very important thing because I don't want to go against my union, and I'm really appreciative of uh, this production company that did try tripped up that they actually have an interim agreement so we are allowed to talk about this but Judy Gold I leapt at the uh, the chance to talk to her because I grew up watching her stand up and I was um so amazed when I started researching her, researching her, like the book she wrote about comedians and the freedom of speech or her podcast, which we talk about and just how she came up. I just always love stories of people that have come up and have never, I mean like to me, she's a legend. I mean, she, she's won Emmys for the Rosie O'Donnell show. Back in the day, I mean, and she is still at the top of her game. I do want to say we talk about all of that stuff, but we also talk. There is some trigger warnings. I just want to make people aware there is a mention of Trump in here, and I know that can get upsetting for some people. We do um, we do mention uh, you know we mention some serious topics, uh, you know, uh, which I think is okay to. Talk about things like that, and that we should. But I want to also let you guys know there is uh, at certain points talking about that, but also talking about the place of comedians during times like these, and 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 where they come in, and kind of holding a mirror up to society. Um, and we have that conversation, and, and I hope you'll be open to that. I hope you guys will go there with us on that conversation. Um, but there's so many light-hearted, fun moments as well. I think Judy was just pretty much shocked that. Uh, I have a female audience and sometimes a young female audience. I think she was truly, when she saw me, I think she was like, oh my God, how does this guy, what? Are you kidding me? No, she was great. She was great. I hope to get to talk to her again. I truly am such an uh, admirer of hers. And please go check out this movie, Tripped Up, in theaters now and on demand on the 27th. But ladies and gentlemen, here she is, the one, the only, from the new movie Tripped Up, Judy Gold. Oh, and I'll talk to you guys on Friday for a full Real Housewives of Beverly Hills solo recap. It's that time. And also remember to join me and Sarah Galley tonight for a live digital moment at moment.co forward slash Girls, where we will be celebrating the return of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay, now here she is, Judy Gold. I'm tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card?
1: Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com betches.
0: Okay, you guys, there is a new movie coming out this week called Tripped Up. Uh... It's on Video On Demand. It's in theaters. You got to check this out. All the information will be on the show notes. Uh, basically, it's about an aspiring chef, Lizzie, who sets off with her three best friends in uh, to compete in this prestigious saucy food festival. So, like, it's this madcap road trip, but it's amazing because it's not about, like, boring white guys on a road trip like myself. It is really funny, heartwarming, all the things. I need to sneak it to my young niece. It's perfect for her, and I know I have a lot of young female listeners so I think you guys are going to dig this movie so much, but I got a list of people that I could talk to uh, this movie and Judy Gold is in this movie and I leapt. I was like, Judy Gold, if you, you know, Judy Gold, by the way, she is one of the best stand-ups that we have. And I have. I have watched so much Judy Gold over the years. Now, this movie has a SAG interim agreement. I am a proud SAG after a member. So, we are allowed to talk about this movie. Now, we cannot talk about the 3 billion other projects that Judy has been involved in because of that agreement, but she has the most fascinating life story her stand up, her book, which I actually just bought the audio book and have been listening into it over the weekend. And with times that we're in right now, it is the perfect thing to listen to. Too, um, which I will put that on the show notes as well. On top of her podcast, Kill Me Now with Judy Gold, uh, she did the most beautiful episode last week, a uh, solo episode that kind of cleared things up in my mind and actually added to my reading list. I highly recommend you check that out as well. On top of this movie, Tripped Out. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to me, a legend, Judy Gold, oh, thank you so much for being here. That
2: means I'm old, Ryan. Do you know what the most shocking thing you said was? That you have a lot of young female (laughs) listeners (laughs) what
0: yeah man it's it's i don't believe it myself judy that's what they tell me uh it's it's please don't uh describe to people what i look like
2: oh i won't and i'm sure they can google you and then you'll have less Oh, this- I'm kidding.
0: I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, guys, it was good talking to Judy.
0: Take what care. Bye. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so this movie, first off, uh, we need more uh, Chef. Uh, it's it's Chef Missy, correct?
2: Yeah, Chef Missy.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Angry Chef. We need a spinoff movie of Chef Missy in the Tripped Up Cinematic Universe.
2: You know how you know whenever I get a part where the person is. Wait, what are the words I'm not allowed to use on this uh, Uh, podcast? I think
0: you can use any words. Really? Yeah. This is... I I curse up a storm. It's... it's, Okay. Completely.
2: So Missy is a big cunt, okay? And (laughs) I bet that wasn't what you were expecting. Okay. Yeah, no, I
0: was not. That's Yeah,
2: all right. No, she's such a bitch. And whenever I get offered parts to play a bitch, I... Love it because I know I'm not I am so not a bitch and I love and I cannot like I know so many horrible people from my my life and from this business. And it's so fun to be able to play that character because, you know, it's not real. But um, yeah, so Chef Missy is a terrible, miserable person and. Um, and it's fun. It's fun to play that. And I love that. It's like a buddy film. I like what you said, that it's a buddy film. And it's it's young women. Um, And you know what? I hate to tell you this, Ryan, but women are way more interesting than men. OK, Oh, I know that I completely oh, right. agree. Okay.
0: No arguments here completely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so it's it's this it's such a and you know what? We need movies like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I, I was
0: watching it yesterday and I completely disassociated from all the horrors of the world for an hour and 35 minutes. Right. And to me, that's what this kind of movie should do. That's what, you know, to be able to get a laugh, to be able to watch a little adventure that kind of takes you out of right. the, the the order of things right now.
2: Right. And just let you forget for 90 minutes that the world is coming to an end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, but, yeah. And yeah. The, I have to say, working with these young women, it was so, it was so wonderful. They're just, you know, the, you know, people with their whole future ahead of them seem to be in a better <laughs> mood than I do. So hopeful. Uh, than I am in. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they were just so wonderful. Uh And I love the passion of the writers because you know, th- she's a chef. She's not, you know, this was like, this is a passion project. Um, and that, and it was so female heavy, the whole, uh, the, 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 the crew and, and it was just, it's an empowering movie.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and also uh, legend, Vanessa Williams is in this. I, I mean, know, she's a producer and her daughter's and in it. Vanessa Williams. Oh, yeah. That's, that's her
2: daughter? Yes. Really oh. unattractive. The really unattractive <laughs> ones. I mean, what is with those jeans? Seriously. It's
0: disgusting. I, I know. I, I, you know, so here's angry. the thing,
2: Ryan. I can't this I was just telling someone this the other day. I am so sick of people who are really talented or skilled and good looking. Like oh, it shouldn't much. be, you can't like these athletes that are like really like amazing <laughs> athletes and they're good. Like that is just not fucking fair. It's not fair. Oh. No, I mean, like, look at
0: Brad Pitt's career. Like, a good actor, but like, you guys are so much more willing to go there for Brad Pitt because he's right. extremely good looking. Right? And it's like, do you know how like average looking people like myself go through the world? Like, we get. I mean, it is what. But then, if you're good looking, it is just so much better for you. But, we cannot. Yeah, speak.
2: but when you're that good looking and you're also, you know, famous for something else, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yes. like. Uh, it's fucking annoying.
0: (laughs) And that's all I do at night now is just scroll like
2: TikTok and Instagram and just get angry on top of anger. Looking at all these
0: beautiful people.
2: I can't. And you know what? It's like, I get get up and I, I try, you know, I like to read in the morning and I look at my phone and it's a fucking vortex of like, why don't I just kill myself right now? Okay. Yes. yes. This one's relationship is perfect. Their kids are perfect. Everything is perfect. They're gorgeous. They're rich. You know. And then you know it's all bullshit. So you know that's that's what. Yeah, happens, but,
0: but my therapist is always like that that uh, compare and despair thing. I'm like, that's yeah. You're not going to stop that. Like, stop comparing and despairing. You're not going to stop that.
2: Lock me in a cell or something. Take away yeah, my phone. It's, right. It's it's unbelievable. And 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 in this business, like. You know, and then these comics just – here's where I'm performing, and it's like every day, every day, I'm going to be at this theater, and it's sold out. We had to add a show. And I'm like, okay. All right. Well, I'm 60, and I'm going to go to the diner and get some coffee.
0: Okay? Um, But, yeah. Is it true you got into stand-up on a dare at Rutgers? Yes.
2: I was 19, and my Secret Santa dared me to do – and that was the first time I did stand up. And it was on my dorm room floor in the lobby. And I made fun of everyone who, you know, that was my assignment, to make fun of everyone who lived on the
1: floor. And, yeah.
2: and I did that. And when I got that first laugh, uh, that I, I had an out-of-body experience. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is... And uh, it's so funny because I'm i going through all my shit here and I am cleaning everything out and all my kids crap, you know, and I found this program from 1984 and it was me at Rutgers at the ledge and I'm doing this uh, campus comedy thing with all these people from Catch a Rising Star and I... And it has a little bio that, you know, this is her, you know, her roots and she's a Rutgers student and she performed at uh, Catch a Rising Star first in August of 1982. And I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe how long I've been doing this. I mean,
0: you've been on like an insane journey. That's what I was wanting to know of like when you first got up there that dared night with the Secret yeah, Santa, that could was you it. ever have possibly fathomed uh, doing stand up yet alone going into the tripped up? Like could you even have – there's no way you could have even imagined the journey that you took?
2: Well, it was so it was the interesting thing was, uh, you know, is that I knew I wanted to be a performer. I was a music major. You know, I really wanted to be Carol King, but that wasn't happening because there's only one Carol King or Carly yep. Simon. But you know, um, but I I wanted to perform, and I'm so tall. I was six feet at thirteen. I'm probably about six two now because I shrunk. But um, I was six three. I'm probably like six one and a half. I'm getting my knee replaced in uh, on November twentieth, oh, and I'm getting an inch back, I think. But anyway, because <laughs> one one of my legs is bent. But um, and you need to know this. Because yeah, you, guys, you have I young you were taking, we're gonna, we're... female listeners, and they need to okay, know what's you, up. You, you but did. anyway, so um, you know, it, I wanted to be a performer, and I was constantly rejected. Like, oh, you're too tall to play this. You're too tall to play that. I even auditioned for graduate school, um, and Bill Esper told me, uh, "You're very talented. You have per- you have in- impeccable comedic timing. But how do you expect me to cast you? You're too tall." And, of course, my mother was like, "Yo, get him. He'll see. Uh, he's going to get his. And so when I got that laugh, it was like a gift from God. Like, oh, I never felt like that about anything, about anything. Like, I never – I was like, this – it's like an epiphany. Like, And most yeah. people do not know what they're meant to be or if they – love something they don't know how to make a living doing it you know um and so I went on this journey I graduated college but I did take a lot of acting classes uh all through the years and I mean I look at my old notebooks I was on stage I would perform anywhere anytime I just wanted to be a great comic and to this day I get on the subway at 60 years old with my notebook going down to the comedy cellar to try out m- new material. And I'm just as excited as I was 40 years ago. That's what you I know? wanted
0: to know. Like, is that, is the fire still there? Like like the, your book. Yes, I can say that, which I'm going to link to. And I thought the amazing, I was just wondering this appreciation. It obviously is still there, but that fire to be up there in front of an audience to get uh, that laugh. Like you first did, it's there still on a daily basis. Still, you.
2: And you know, it's that. funny because so many of my cohorts who, Became movie stars or TV stars and don't do stand up anymore, or like, oh, I couldn't, I, I really, I can't wait to not have to do stand up. I, I, they're like, but you're out of your mind. I can't believe you still, I, I, I just love the art form. I love yeah. it. It's so fat. And it's, first of all, what you're, uh, it's a live audience. Okay. You're, it's live. It's happening there. You, and there's, No fourth wall. So whatever's happening is happening. You don't know what you have no idea what the audience is going to be like. It's so it's thrilling in a way. But the most thrilling part for me is when I write a new bit and I bring it on. Because, look, it's the only art form. And I say this in the book where the audience is the vital part of the creative process. So everyone is seeing you know, a work and pro. You see us do our work. It's not like you know, Monet is you know painting something and then brings over a bunch of friends. Is like, what do you think? You like the tree there? Um, <laughs> you know, the sun. What do you you know? <laughs> a- and am I
0: doing good? Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, okay, what direction do you think I should go in? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it so that it's so risky in that way because you know you look at all these people like Lenny Bruce. It was his birthday the other day. Um, And George Carlin, Joan Rivers, all these people who broke down these barriers and who, you know, Joan, um, I'm sorry, um, uh, Lenny Bruce and um, George Carlin, they were arrested. They were arrested so we could get up there and say whatever we want. And so the hardest part now is that the audience, we don't know where the line is. Like George Carlin said, I like to find out where the line is cross it deliberately, and make the audience glad that I did. And yeah. the audience doesn't realize, we're finding the line with you. So when we cross it, you can't fucking turn on us. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's a high wire act. You're watching right, like- it, Right, right. And then they're like, oh my God, she said the you know. And it's like, uh, okay, you're allowed to be offended. You're entitled to be offended. Like my friend Eddie Sarfati says, it's the first quote in the book. Uh, Going to a comedy club and getting upset that you got offended is like getting on a roller coaster and getting upset you got scared.
1: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands including Louis Vuitton, Chanel and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com and use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase.
2: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them It's the the reason you got, but it's also, what do you do with that? So you're offended. Can you move on with your life or do you have to then destroy that, that person? Because you, you know, you felt offended. It's like, it's just, it's beyond. And when you take the comedian's intent out of it, it's like, well, I took it this way. Well, that's not the way I meant it. Well, too bad. No, too bad for you. Like, you can critically think, you know, you can go, oh, well, she didn't really mean it like that, but but I'm going to (laughs) take it that way, and I'll never go to her show again. You know, it's beyond...
0: I used to think acting was like, you know, I I was a trained actor, and I used to think, oh, we always were told, like, it holds a mirror up to society. That's what acting does. That's what good acting does. But, you know, lately in the last decade, I was like, that's it's stand-up. Stand-up is the true holding a mirror up to society when it's done right. And you talk a lot about that in your book and and on your podcast and in interviews I've watched of you. And I I think how do you approach even these times when I am – it hurts sometimes to laugh or you don't even want to go out and laugh because there's so much pain right. out there. Like how do you even approach that as an artist and working on your craft? Also on top of that, being a Jewish woman, like right. how do you, how do you approach that in these days, in these times?
2: You know, it this past week uh, was one of the most difficult weeks to perform. Um, and, I did it because, you know, I, I mean, I'm so experienced, so I know how to handle this. But I did talk about what was going on. I know how to get an audience back from, you know, I know how to, I'm skilled. And so, um, and I couldn't not, you always have to talk about the elephant in the room. But, you know, it's the DSM, which is the mental health, whatever book says, <laughs> yeah. you know, you said it. it humor is the highest adaptive defense mechanism and coping mechanism according to the dsm you know comedy is and and laughing and and is is soothing it is the best medicine but it's also a weapon and you have to use it in a very uh careful way and as you you know you think about comedy as a weapon and the reason why we are always on a tight rope is because we tell the truth we are truth tellers there's a reason when you watch these you know shows of of uh, all these pundits and a, and there's always a comedian there because the comedian yeah. is going to call out the bullshit and disarm the people with a joke you know come on john you know the blah blah okay you know and like we know how to disarm and fascists don't like to be disarmed and that's why they are humorless like donald trump who couldn't even go to the white house correspondence dinner i know, you know wasn't that- we have you know 40 years i've been doing this 40 plus every president every single president was fodder Bush. didn't matter what side yeah. you were on i you know 2017 i'm i'm doing jokes i mentioned his hair and they Fucking Freak out, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, liberal see, you know, but it, it's, you know, we're losing the, the uh, you know, the subtitle of the book is when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble because honestly, when you silence, uh, humor and satire, that truly is the end of free speech because our goal is to make you laugh. That's what we're trying to do. And fascist, you know, comedians are killed in other countries it, yeah. it's you know you these people don't understand i mean he mark... started off as a comic
0: uh in in ukraine he was on like a oh yeah show he was type. a comedian yeah.
2: oh i don't think that's that's an accident either i mean he's such a good leader he knows how to communicate um yeah he it's it's amazing and mark twain said under the assault of laughter nothing can stand And that is why people like Donald Trump cannot, you know, want SNL investigated, you know? (laughs)
0: Um,
2: I mean, who who does that? But to me, that's
0: inherently funny. Like that is so, I mean, it's scary, but it's inherently funny of like SNL, you're going
2: to investigate Colin Jost? Like what, really? Right, because you're insulted. But this is right out of Hitler's playbook. You know, when, I don't know if people know this, but when in the 30s, When during the rise of the Nazi regime, it was it go watch cabaret. It was the comedians and the cabaret performers that were telling the truth on stage about what was really happening. And that weakened the propaganda Um, because great comedians make you laugh and think. But it would weaken the Nazi propaganda. So in 1934, Hitler passed the Treachery Act, which made telling. Or listening to an anti Nazi joke, an act of treason punishable by imprisonment or death. I mean, this is how insecure, co- cowardly these people are. But you should also know that a year before he passed that was when they started banning books. And we're banning books in yeah, this country. This it's, is it's, fucking it's
0: ridiculous. Wild. I mean, it really is such a crazy time. And that's why I do find it important uh, for people like you that actually make me laugh about things that actually horrify me. Right. Um,
2: but that's the um, only way. Like, comedians think in joke. Like, we say shit to each other that, <laughs> you know, if we said, to, we call you people civilians, but if we said them to <laughs> civilians, you know, they'd be like, oh my God. Blah, blah. You know, even my girlfriend, Elisa, is like, really? Oh, my God, that's hard. I go, it's not horrible. It's hilarious. Stop it. Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried. I used to have these conversations with him. And I talked to him a lot when I was writing the book. And um, he said to me, you know, what I don't understand is, you know, you say something, right? And your, your involuntary response is to laugh, and people are literally going, oh, right. No stopping themselves. They're laughing. And then stop. he said, why would you stop yourself from laughing? Um, it doesn't make you a bad person. It's, yeah. you know, p- babies laugh.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, it, yeah, it's definitely part of
2: the human condition.
0: Ah, uh, yes. That's I mean, it's all about the human condition. Um Really quickly, I wanted to go to Tripped Up uh, again really quickly just to remind everybody that you can get this streaming on Amazon, Apple TV, or On Demand, video On Demand. And I, like I said, I'll put that all in the show notes. Um I did want to mention the acting though, because I saw you, and you do. It's a it's a scary character in a sense. You really have this gravitas about you, where I was like, "Oh shit, I'm scared of Judy Gold right now." Like <laughs> I'm, I literally I have that. So out. not I was like, scary. I literally am like, "Oh wow!" And then I was like, "I wonder if Judy Gold's a nice person in real life." I got nervous almost for today. Because oh, good. I'm, I love uh, you. That means I'm uh, a good actor. Yeah. Well, that's what I I, I really was impressed when you brought up uh, Bill Esper because I my my. Uh, college professor wanted me to go to grad school to Rutgers yeah. to study with Bill Esper and called me a sellout for going to Los Angeles instead. But I remember like, cause you know, it's Meisner and all of these oh, like, yeah. acting things. But that's what I was like, oh wow, you really do have an acting background. Cause I was, at, I was so curious of how a standup approaches being a like you, you're cast in so many things, but it, it really, I was like, oh my God, you you're an actor too. You are a studied actor.
2: Right. So I took, I've taken so much, uh, you know, technique and, and, um, I mean, I've done private, I've done, you know, uh, scene study, audition, you know, I, I started taking acting classes in college. And then when I was doing stand up, I was taking acting classes during the day because I wanted to be able, I want it cuz it's a skill. Like people yeah. don't understand it's yes. so hard to be it, and <laughs> and if you're doing stand up, you're not listening, you're talking. And the whole key to acting is listening. Like you're not just saying the lines, you're responding to something. You're, you know, in a character. You're so uh I it, it's I just love doing doing acting roles that are the opposite of me so that people can see, oh, she's not just this loud Jewish lesbo who, you know, who's angry all the time. So, um, I, you know, I've done Shakespeare in the Park. um I mean, yeah, I, when I was, here, I, I saw how many things you had done and it blew my mind, but I think
0: I, I was under this impression of like, oh, it's that standup that obviously is so talented at standup that they give this person roles because people just really like to watch this person and not realizing you do have a complete training background, like a right. trained actor. And I thought, wow, that's, how does that inform the standup? Even though you say you're not listening in standup, but you're listening to the audience.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I should say them. responding in a way, Yeah. You know? but I am also doing that too. But um, it's. I think the acting background. Uh, it's it help. First of all, being a stand up. I should say feeds into the acting because I am so comfortable on a stage. Like so, that is that whole idea of there's an audience there, which, you know, you'll rehearse and you'll rehearse and you'll rehearse, especially <laughs> in theater. And then the audience is there and you're like, Oh my God, you know, but, but I don't have that. I get so excited. Uh, so my, the fact that I'm, I, I'm one step ahead. Cause I'm so comfortable up there. Um, but the acting, you know, it you invest, you're so invested. It's such a, an investment, you know, um, that you have to do the work. You have to do the background of the character, the, uh, you know, the intention of the character, the, you know, what's their objective? What's, you know, how are they physically? How, you know, how do they talk? What do they think? What happened five seconds before the, the scene happened? You know, like there's so much of that. And I think those intricacies also apply to jokes because the more specific you are in a joke, the funnier it is.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and, and how has your uh, perception or even in your act, I was just from you starting off in the 80s to now, like, oh, God, I mean, do you go back and listen to yourself or watch yourself? And like how you've now do you approach comedy any differently now? And how has comedy changed? Oh I God, mean, you talk about this fucking, in your book. That is I'm, a tw-
2: 20 more podcasts. But OK, you guys, uh, uh, next week, we're going to be have Judy back on. I'll and, be, uh, uh, it's now the Ryan and Judy show. Um, <laughs> yeah. So bad. It's bad. That. um i it's so interesting um because there's so many layers to that question yeah comedy has changed so much um and you know sometimes in a good way sometimes in a bad way um but mostly in a bad way no um i'm a i'm a woman uh there were women that came before me uh who set the stage um you know, there Joan Rivers uh said in an interview that when she was a little girl, um, you know, she went to see Lenny Bruce. She wanted to be an actress, and uh she went to Barnard, and uh she really wanted to be an actress or an actor. I hate using the word actress, but uh and she uh a friend of hers brought her down to Grunge Village to see Lenny Bruce, and she was like, he's telling the truth on stage and making it funny, you know. And that's where she realized, oh, I want to do this. And she said when she was a little girl, there were no female stand-up comics she could point to and say, I want to do that's what I want to do. Um and so the fact that I had these role models like Toadie Fields and Joan Rivers, and there were others like Moms Mabelie. I loved her. I loved there was a handful, Phyllis yeah. Diller. Um And then you get to the eighties where there's this boom and there's so many women comics, but the shit that we were dealing with the misogyny, the going on the road, I used to have to go on the road. First of all, we never got to work together ever. There would never put more than one woman on a show. Like Ellen and Rosie and you weren't in the same No, Yeah. Never. They wouldn't, if they had a woman on the show there, it was one. Um, and you're on the road with these guys, sometimes living in these disgusting condominiums. Uh, it was hell. And they would, a lot of times, you know, I, I remember calling clubs in the 80s and I'd say, hi, I just, uh, I'd love to work your club. Um, I just did this TV show and I worked here and I did that. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Well, we had some uh, females <laughs> headlining here. Uh, we had one uh, about three months ago. She didn't do well. So right now we're not hiring any, uh, Female comedians, uh, you might want to check back. I'm like, oh, because all the men that went on your stage killed. They killed. No one ever had a band. Like, it was fucking unbelievable. And the way you get introduced is, our next act is a woman. And I would just, it got to the point where I just gave it right back to them. And I was like, that was a guy. He has testicle and balls, and he hasn't done, uh, he has testicles and balls. That's great. He has a uh, cock and balls, and he hasn't done his laundry in three months. You know, and so... And all I wanted to do was be a great comedian. So I really, and I, I'm gay, so I wasn't fucking any of the guy comics. I didn't want anything from them. And so I really gained a lot of respect, but it has been, and then I came out, I came out in 1996 after my first son was born and I came out on stage as a gay parent. Uh, but I had already been working in the mainstream clubs, like, and I already had an HBO special and I was on a series and that really changed the trage- trajectory of my career um, coming out because it wasn't, 1996 was not, you know, people yeah. were not out. And But I have to say, it, what the greatest part of it is now when people come to my show and they're in their 30s or whatever and they're like, oh my God, I used to. This woman just came up to me in Baltimore. I used to go in my basement and watch your stand up because- I I knew I was a lesbian and here you are like talking about your family and everything. And, it, you know, and she said, I came out right before my bat mitzvah to my parents, you know, cause I want, you know, and so those stories of these people who felt represented, those are the greatest, greatest stories. But now I go, now I go into clubs. We have trans, uh, non-binary, we have every, and they just, you know, it's not even an issue. I mean, yeah, I remember G- people, G- would, walk is doing yeah. people <laughs> would walk out. People would um, walk out. People, there would there would be a shift in the audience. Like, wait, what? I didn't know. Yeah. You like, I'm still funny. I'm still the same person. But I have to say, coming out as a gay parent made it easier because people were more uh, comfortable hearing about me being a mom than me, like you know, having sex with my girlfriend was not happening At the time, anyway.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you actually did come out and you said it potentially affected your career in certain yeah. ways, but then you get to actually live your truth, you get to hold. Oh, I up couldn't. I couldn't live with myself another way. That's what I was also, wondering, like,
2: right? Because like I have this, ca- like, how I, I'm, I'm like these people that are in the class – I couldn't understand it because. Here I have this young child who I want to be proud and out of, you know, proud of their family. What what kind of message is it like, listen, we don't talk, I, mommy doesn't talk about this on stage. Like, why? You know, they, and you see through the eyes of kids, like, you know, they'd be like, why can't you get married? It's so stupid, you know, and you see this innocence of that makes no sense. And you realize you have to be a voice,
0: yeah. No, I mean, completely. Um, you mentioned George Carlin earlier, and I just watched a documentary on him, uh, HBO one, that was great. But did it you talks see about, me like, in it? Yes, I did okay. see you. I didn't know if I'm allowed to be- mention that. But yes, of course, I've seen you. in uh, You're in everything. Oh, please. Um, But it talks about these... You know the the periods of time where his career wasn't going well, and right. those shifts he had to make in those years. And I was like, you were just talking about that, and it reminded me of those shifts in careers. I mean, you're a two time Emmy award winner. Oh, You've like, it's
2: for the Rosie O'Donnell show. That meant Rosie O'Donnell shows meant something to me. Oh Are you my god, me? that was the great. You know, I have to say I am very proud of those Emmys because we all worked so hard on that show. And I I say this often: if the people, you know. I mean that show changed television. It changed the way tel- daytime TV. Yes. And people it was a phenomenon. And I I remember we all were we were all a bunch of misfits and gays and theater kids uh, you know behind the scenes. And I I remember all, always thinking if these people in middle America who love this show <laughs> knew, knew that we're all a bunch of weirdos <laughs> and gays you know what would they do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I mean, yeah, I that that show meant a huge deal, and I yeah. was a theater nerd, and I was just like, you know, just, and you did like five hundred episodes or something
2: insane like that. But what about talking- how and Rosie, what she did for Broadway, bringing Broadway right? to, yeah.
0: I mean, the, she I mean that was my first trip to New York was like coinciding with her always talking about Broadway. I remember right. her talking about rents uh on Broadway yeah. and like her favorite things. And it opened up, I was like, wow, that really exists yeah. uh, out there. This big un, this big huge town that seems so scary. Like there's yeah. people out there existing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of these, like, you know, uh, Phases of your career and, like, you know, mixing and acting with stand-up. You're obviously in the new movie Tripped Up. You're in another movie, which we can't name, which is a beautiful movie. Oh, I love um, that
2: film, too, yeah. Uh, really,
0: really beautiful. Um, and you guys look her up on IMDb to find out the name of that. And uh, But what is... In the future, do you, how do you even plan things? Is it like by the seat of your pants? I feel yes, like you're always Ryan. in demand. I really? really? You, you don't have to kind of oh vision no. board? You don't have like a, uh, Joan Rivers always that, had that, that saying, little thing. Oh
2: my God. I saw that documentary with Joan. We were, it was a small screening thing. You saw it with Joan? Yeah, she was there. And, um, and it gets to the part where she opens her calendar. And Elisa, my girlfriend, is like, you know, nudging me. That's you. That's you. I, I literally, I just got off therapy. I'm like, I don't have any work next year. I have no work, yes, but so I'm look, not this is all gonna, blank.
0: this is all blank.
2: Yeah. It's all blank. But I've been through this. It's like, I can't tell you how many years I have gone through this where I'm like, uh, and I, it's like, well, something will come up. Well, some, And I'm always in the back of my head. Well, what if it doesn't come up? What if it doesn't come up? You know? Um. but I, I, I chose this life. Um, And I couldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way, but it is, it's really, you are flying by uh, on the seat of your pants and people are always like, you're a rich white, I'm like you, if you only knew, you know, (laughs) um, I, I, two kids, I was a single mother for so long, you know, no, please, I'm a woman. (laughs) Do you, do you have another one woman showing you? Uh, well, I ju- this book. Yes, I can say that. Yeah, was uh, in April. We did a one person show at Fifty Nine East Fifty Nine. It was directed by B D Wong. Oh, and, whoa. uh it was and I wrote it with my friend Eddie Sarfati, and it was a it was very well received. We got a great review in the Times. So many great reviews, and it was so interesting because each review sort of bond you know was talking about something another part of the show that people it really hit people in so many different ways and bd wong is the most amazing director i can't even tell you and so we're going on tour we're going to go on tour next year
0: oh amazing yeah will you be
2: in los angeles probably hopefully. yes we're talking about it yep
0: I know you did one of your shows at the Geffen, I remember, yes. back in the love day. Yes, love that, yes. Um, so great. Um, But it, that's so exciting. I was wondering, in terms of the movie Tripped Up, which has a SAG interim agreement, that's why we're allowed to mention it and talk about it, but since the strike has been going on for now a great length of time, that's taken you away from certain opportunities and stuff. Oh, or yeah, you look everyone. Everyone. But yeah, I mean, obviously. But do you look at it as like, okay, I can put more into stand up. I can put more into my well, personal always, life. How do you do Yeah,
2: because I'm in the Writers Guild as well. I, you know, it. I always say to my manager, I'm so lucky that I'm a stand up because so many people uh, cannot work, uh, cannot do their craft, and I can. Uh, you know, there's a. I all I need is a stage and a microphone, and we have no. We have no union, which kind of sucks, but. Um, Could you imagine that? A stand-up
0: comedy? They union? tried
2: to do it in the 80s and 90s, and it just didn't work. Um, they gave him the red light. But it would be so, hey, now. No. Um uh they, they just, you know, it, health insure, all these issues that we, you know, we don't have that. We don't have, you know, it, it's its bad. But yeah, whatever, it is what it is. But I do feel lucky that I can still go perform even though I haven't been on an audition in God knows how long. And who knows when my health insurance is going to run out because I haven't done any, right, you know, yeah. This God. is all and stuff auditioning, that was shot last year.
0: Auditioning is a muscle as well. That's a whole nother. Oh, I used yeah. to coach actors in Los Angeles uh, for pilot season and things like that. But approaching those, it's like a whole, you uh, know, multi-cam, single cam. It's all like a different thing. you animal. know,
2: Ryan, y- y- there's nothing like being in the room. Like, that's what exactly. I miss. You're going to get the essence of the person and you do it. And then the people, the director or the producer will be like, okay, that's great. What we're looking for is we don't even know what they're looking for. Yes, exactly. These stupid videos and people do it over and over and over and over again. It's, it's awful. I mean it really
0: is. And I mean I I part of me at first was like, Oh great, I don't have to go down to like Ocean Park in yeah. Santa Monica and drive an hour to go for a commercial for like Folgers Coffee. But then you realize what an essential part of that is just to even commiserate with other non working actors.
2: Right. You see your you see your brothers and sisters there and you get to meet a casting director. And yeah. they get to say, Oh, he's not good for that. But you make an impression. <laughs> yeah, but he we could use him in the, you know, suppository commercial. That's
0: where, yeah, that's my big claim to fame, that and the young listeners. Um, As we start winding down here, uh, I did want to ask, just really, it just popped in my head, what's the longest you've gone without doing stand-up?
2: It was the pandemic. Um, Let's see, it was in March. I think it was two months, because I did, the first one thing I did was uh, at a drive-in movie theater on a flatbed truck. Where I, went to aud- the,
0: I went to a show like that where it was like in your car, put your like window down. That oh, no, thing.
2: they had the audio going through the radio, the <laughs> stereo. So the audience would um, laugh by flashing their headlights. It was unbelievable. OK, they would flash their headlights. Um, That's insane. So that I think it was two months. And then we started doing shows on Zoom. So I felt lucky. And then I was doing shows outside during the summer. So I, I think about two months. Yeah. But do,
0: I mean, were you going up a f- effing wall? Like, were you like two months without doing something that you're well, so used to doing? Well, I had never
2: taken a break that, you know, so yeah. part of me was like, oh, so this is what people do and they're like, you know, I had never stayed home after, i never stayed home after dinner. <laughs> These are my you kids? Know? Yeah. Wait, so wait, so we're going to sit and watch TV, you know? So I really, <laughs> it was like, I loved it in a way. It was like this forced break, but yeah, I couldn't wait. I couldn't Wait oh my god yeah
0: uh and also so your podcast too, kill me now with judy gold uh every week you do an episode and i you just got back from sweden a couple weeks ago sweden. Uh, which by the way i love i'm gonna incorporate this you said you brought back gifts for everybody but you call them prizes i don't know why it's yeah. stuck in my head oh, but I, was I, like, always,
2: I love that like you got a prize oh i always say that to who wants their prizes i always i call gifts prizes
0: <laughs> the, the other thing fun, i was like
2: right no it's totally i mean it's like i'm going to use that and then gift this to <laughs> gift, gift here's a gift and you're like oh fuck i what if i hate it like what if i have i have to write a thank you to. like i just i'll you know i'm like oh, oh lisa i got you some prizes henry i got you some <laughs> prizes ben i got you some, yeah
0: i always do that and then you were complaining about i think it was your son and his girlfriend staying at your apartment and the, 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 these uh these Flipping phone chargers that always get moved and get stolen. I mean, family oh, especially will steal all... chargers completely. No, here's the
2: thing: you're 22 and 27, and you come over and you think everything is yours. You think, you know, it's unbelievable. And like my, the, so they're living here. My my chargers are missing. <laughs> I came home after three months. There was no fucking toilet paper. <laughs>
0: No, I was like, I was like, yeah, I've done that to my parents, and now yeah. I'm getting to an age where people are doing it and they feel free to do it. Right. There's no remorse. There's not even a I was asking so afraid of my parents.
2: I was afraid yes. of them. They don't give a fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and uh, finally, uh, you said something on your podcast that it really stuck with me, and I thought this was really beautiful. You were talking about the two kinds of hope, um, oh, uh, yeah. passive and aggressive hope. And I didn't know if you could explain to the audience really quickly what you meant by
2: that. Well, I, I heard someone uh, speak about that the, in, in Sweden, because um, they were talking a lot about it was, th- there was a Jewish portion of the um, – of the book fair and a lot of books about the Holocaust. And there was, there's this book, Uh, the light of days, and it's about women who resisted in the Holocaust. And there was another guy there who wrote another book about the resistance. And he said, you know, there's, there's two kinds of hope. There's the hope of the resistors that I'm going to, I I'm going to fight this and I'm going to win and i'm gonna i'm gonna go at this full force, and there's that hope uh and then there's the hope that the people who didn't do anything um that's a different kind of hope the people that you know their kids would say we have to get out of here this is and and them- th- hoping and the hope of no that would never happen no those people would never do that to us, you know we're German we're and and so I, I thought that that those two different kinds of hope, one being s- helpful and one not so helpful, um, I found that so hope. fascinating, yeah. you know, and was- and, you know, the national anthem of Israel is Hatikvah, which means hope. And so, yeah. you know, we we're really nothing without hope.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that all morning, and it actually yeah. gave me hope to hear you talk about it. Um, also, if like I said, if you want to disassociate, if you want to laugh, and I think right now is the time to okay, laugh. Yes. If you want to support a independent film with young ladies, with a you know, this is a great film to do that with. It's video on demand. I'm going to put out all the ways that you can get it. It is called Tripped Up. It is out right now. By the time you're hearing this, and uh, you know, I revere you, Judy Gold. Thank oh, you so much, Brian. I, I you're so nice. Truly truly looking forward to this uh, for the last week once I found out I got to talk to you. So I hope to get to meet you one day and and talk to you again, but this has just been truly a treat for me. Thank you. I had
2: so much fun.
0: Thank you so much, Judy.
2: You're welcome.
0: So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at sobaditsgoodwithryanbailey at gmail.com and follow the show at sobaditsgoodwithryanbailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash sobaditsgood. Stay bad, baddies. Thank you to our sponsor, Hulu. Their new reality series, Vanderpump Villa, is an unfiltered portrait of what it is like to work in the glamorous French countryside while striving to impress Lisa Vanderpump. As guests arrive for their lavish vacation, the Vanderpump Villa staff are pushed to their limits, ready to cater to every whim, all the while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. Watch new episodes of Vanderpump Villa every Monday, now on Hulu. Betches.